We forecast prices and fundamentals. Whether you're a trader, producer, or consumer, you can hedge your bets with Montel's diverse forecasting portfolio. Contact us at salesatmontelnews.com for more info and a free trial. Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. Well listeners, bear with me, but this week's pod returns to Germany and its road to decarbonisation. Why so much prominence to Germany, you may rightly ask? Well, the country is the continent's largest energy market. It imports over 90% of its natural gas and more than a third of its power generation comes from fossil fuels. If Germany fails in moving to a low-carbon future, then so does the rest of Europe. Helping me, Richard Sverison, to discuss these issues and what the next government could look like is Claudia Kempert of the German Institute for Economic Research. A warm welcome to you, Claudia, and it's great to have you back on the pod. Hello, and thanks for having me. Claudia, first of all, could you give us an update on the current state of negotiations with, with the parties? We've discussed this a little bit uh, on the pod previously, but what, what's the, the current state of affairs? Yeah, well, it's, it's a good question. Right now, the negotiations between the Social Democratic Party, uh, the Greens and the Free Democratic Party has started. So it seems that they are quite serious now in getting involved in a future government, but uh, they have just started uh, the talks and uh, nobody knows what they talk, what the status is. They um, want to keep this uh, confidentially also ongoing because they fear that it could happen as four years ago, that everything was in the media before they have talked. And at the mm. end, they did not really come together. And um, they want to avoid that, obviously, and now have started the negotiation. We are all looking forward and keen and knowing what, what will come out of this. I hear German media using the term speed dating to describe these kind of negotiations. Is that something you would agree with? Well, uh, there has been a speed dating process uh, last week because they uh, the parties have talked between them, all of them, also the Christian Democrats uh, with the Greens and the Christian Democrats with the SPD, and the Free Democrats, so everybody talked to everybody. That was a speed dating phase. But right now it seems that it's not speed dating anymore. It's becoming more serious. So they are discussing. There are longer talks uh, yesterday and the days before. They have talked uh, longer. And it seems that they are now seriously um, negotiation, uh, negotiating what might be an agreement, what, what might be a disagreement, and where they have uh, still bridges to go. When do you think an agreement could be reached? Very difficult to say. I think um, even those parties don't know that uh, yet uh, they are willing uh, to act uh, quickly because Germany needs a new government and they are sure they are aware uh, that uh, this, uh, this needs to happen quite soon. But soon means that um, obviously months. Uh, so we all hope that by Christmas we know which government we have in the next year. What are the main stumbling blocks in negotiations? Well, it's it's uh, difficult because uh, previously uh, we analyzed also the different uh, election programs the individual parties have and related to energy policy and climate policy, um, the Social Democrats and the Greens are closer than with the Free Democrats. Uh, the Greens obviously want to 
have a very strong increase of renewable energy quite fast. The emissions need to be reduced in all sectors uh, quite fast, and the social democrats also want to go with it, uh, although the, the aim to reach carbon neutrality are different and also the speed uh, they have uh, to go. But nevertheless, uh, we have signed the Paris Agreement and have a new climate law, which says that the emissions need to decrease, uh, decrease quite steeply in the next years. Um, so also the free Democrats uh, need to accept that. And they said we, we will accept, but the, the way to reach that, I think there are still debates about uh, whether to increase the share of renewable faster, whether to increase the uh, CO2 price uh, even steeper than already agreed on, and um, also what's happening to the coal phase-out. The Greens uh, want to have a coal phase-out by 2030. The others are not. What might be the outcome of this is, is completely open. Uh, and also related, to, I mean, also to the transportation changes, which we need uh, related to the loading infrastructure for electric cars, what kind of money, how much do we spend also in the infrastructure of uh, electricity, of um, railway system and, and all the rest. And the money that needs to be spent is, is huge. The Greens and the Social Democrats want to create some kind of fund for this in order to, to have that money right now. But the Free Democrats are quite reluctant they are more willing uh, to negotiate and also to push uh, this uh, system change by market uh, by market drivers but this is a question how this could be done by purely market drivers and i think there will be some kind of uh, compromise at the end also coming from the free democrats so claudia do you expect there to be a separate energy and climate ministry and and who would be in charge of that which party would be in charge of that yeah, that's very difficult to say whether we will have a new ministry for climate and energy. The Greens um, initially wanted to have that, and uh, I could imagine that they still stick to that, and the Social Democrats maybe as well. Uh, however, the Liberals are not. So um, the question is, though, whether there will be really a new ministry or whether these full tasks related also to energy changes, energy in a given, the energy transition, uh, transportation transition, we need more spendings also to the buildings sector. It all affects different kind of ministries and sectors, whether all this is bundled in a certain way um, in, in the chancellor um, office uh, with, with a certain task force, for example. That could also be a, a compromise of it. So it's completely unknown whether there will be a new ministry and the liberals will, will, will go for it. And uh, the, the, the persons related to this, uh, nobody knows. I think even they themselves do not know that. We're in the midst of a so-called energy crisis at the moment, and in, in certainly across Europe, maybe even globally, you know, with very, very high gas prices, very high power prices, industries struggling, uh, some companies on the brink of, of going bust. Do you think this accelerates the discussion around a move to the to the green transition, as in the you know investing in renewables, or do you think there's a way for some to say, oh, we need the backup, we need the gas, we need we need to keep the lights on in the energy transition? How do you view this um, this situation here, Claudia? Well, I would hope that there will be a shift towards more renewables because they bring the prices down. The best answer to this fossil energy crisis, which we have right now, related also to oil, coal, and gas natural gas um, is the energy transition towards more renewable energy and uh, saving of, of energy in all sectors, in the building sector, in the industry and everywhere. 
that would be the answer I would really have uh, and to see in, in also in the, in the new government. Although there are voices saying immediately, okay, we have to change the climate policy. We need to go go back to, to nuclear, for example, and uh, shift uh, the whole energy transition backwards. I think that's the wrong answer to it because everything is driven by fossil fuel. Um, also, I mean, markets and, and also um, geopolitical strategies, especially if you look at Russia, but also OPEC countries. I mean, we are all, always in the same situation again, where the fossil markets explode and we all have to deal with uh, really increasing fossil fuel prices. But uh, I would really hope that now we will go on for more renewables, which brings the prices down and also decreases this dependency on the on the international market. The best energy we, we could uh, use and produce is in the country domestically. That strengthens uh, also the resilience of the whole economy, the resilience of the energy system, but also makes us less vulnerable on, on fossil energy wars all over the world. Mm. I mean, I think, you know, the oil... The oil price crisis of the of the nineteen seventies led to a massive investments into you know nuclear in some countries and into thermal plants. But the energy crisis of two thousand twenty one may then lead to a massive rollout of, of renewables, which increases uh, the independence, as you say, Claudia. Well, I mean, one should one one could hope so. But when it comes to the coal exit in Germany, do you expect a new government to be able to set an earlier date than 2038? Could, it, could there be a compromise of 2035 or, or will the Greens get their way, do you think? Yeah, that's really difficult to say because the Greens uh, are, is, are the only ones in this uh, co uh, coalition negotiations that uh, want to have an earlier coal phase out, both other parties not. And they want to stick to this uh, to this negotiated um, law, coal phase out law, which we have, and um, might argue with market driven factors uh, that uh, there are um, now higher CO two prices, although the coal price is also very high, um, but the gas price as well. So there is there is a really a, a shift also towards more coal right now, uh, and not to not to gas, which uh, is also not the best answer, but it's not that emission intensive as coal, especially lignite coal. Um, so we will see whether this is really coming to a compromise uh, that some kind of market-driven uh, compromise that uh, that there might be an earlier phase out of coal uh, will happen. I could imagine that the Greens will everything that they can do to, to come to an earlier phase out uh, of coal. But everything depends also what they agree on the increase of renewable energy. The steeper we have an increase there, uh, the sooner the coal uh, power plants will also phase out of the of the market nearly automatically because you don't need them anymore as uh, if you have really a much larger share of uh, renewables uh, in the market. Absolutely. So I want to turn a little bit to gas. It seems that, you know, with Nord Stream 2 and there's a lot of geopolitics going on here in the background, do you expect Nord Stream 2 to be online by Christmas? I mean, I don't think the Greens, I don't think there's a discussion now of cancelling the project, is there? Yeah, that's also a very difficult question. I could imagine, I mean, both negotiating parties, the Social Democrats and the Liberals, uh, want to, to have it uh, fixed as soon as possible. But right now there's more a question. I mean, the, the negotiations also with the US, within Europe are uh, over. Now it's more a question uh, to get the permission uh, to, to get it online. Uh, and that's the question of uh, the Bundesnetzagentur, the uh, uh, net agency, 
a federal net agency in Germany and also the European level, which have to get the permission and uh, allow it. And uh, the certificates need to be approved. And this is done now. This will be done now uh, in the next weeks or months, uh, so to say. So it's it's likely that by Christmas uh, we will have um, we will have the Nord Stream two pipeline online. Uh, although I mean Russia wants to push uh, on on an earlier start uh, of the of the pipeline, but I mean they cannot uh, avoid uh, all this uh, bureaucracy around uh, this. And um, now they I mean making a lot of pressure because they are hiding um, more gas to bring more gas also via other pipelines like the Ukraine or Poland. Uh, to Germany and to uh, Europe uh, in order to increase the pressure and driving the gas price even faster um, to to a high which we never expected and um, that that is that is a bad thing out of it uh, so we always um, warned that this happens and uh, Russia always uh, puts uh, pressure uh, on on the market and um, is everything that they can do. Uh, really to to increase uh, this dependency and uh, we we need to stick uh, to this and uh, Nord Stream 2 will be will be in place so there's no I, I think there's no reason uh, why uh, we or any reason why we should um, really not go uh, for it and and uh, take it online by the end of the year so a new government and uh, and Nord Stream 2 by christmas um you know i don't know whether that's a that's a gift for someone but um some in in Germany are calling for twenty to thirty gigawatts of gas plants that, to be built to aid the green transition to provide the backup when when there's no wind or sun and especially given many coal plants going offline. Uh, what what are your views here, Claudia? Our studies show clearly that we need to go for one hundred percent renewable energy world. Um, the faster, the better, and that means um, to increase the share of all renewables all over Germany as, as soon as possible and also to increase uh, the storage options with uh, pumped hydro storage, with batteries, uh, with the production of green hydrogen or uh, power to X uh, fuels. That That is important. And the natural gas is not emission-free. I mean, um, also exploring natural gas uh, increases methane emissions, which is also climate effective. And um, burning uh, natural gas is also not emission-free. So that's not um, in line with the goals we have. Uh, the emission reduction goal. So everything we should do is to invest more into renewables instead of natural gas. Mm. So you don't buy this argument that gas can be a sort of bridging fuel into 2030? No, I mean, it's it's a bridge to nowhere. I mean, <laughs> we need to reduce emissions and natural gas is not emission free. And uh, the backup is coming by the renewables themselves. Uh, even if there's no or, or less wind and, and less solar, uh, we have other options uh, like hydrogen uh, like, um, like uh, hydro uh, power plants or also pumped hydro storage and other storage options and, and also the um, the strong link we have in the European market. And that's, that's not really a problem. Uh, the problem right now in Germany is that we do not increase the share of renewables fast enough. Uh, we need to do much mm. more here to reduce the market barriers, uh, to have more uh, also uh, areas in Germany where we uh, produce uh, windmills um, all this um, uh, bureaucracy needs to be reduced and improved and uh, also financial uh, system. The financial system is also important to have more options that uh, that those areas and those cities and, and areas uh, could, uh, municipalities could benefit also by windmills, for example. And solar on every rooftop is not that complicated and has also a lot of acceptance. 
So we are really bad in, in doing it. We are just talking about it, but not doing it. And that's ne that needs really to be changed. And, and finally, I'd just like to turn to, to the current sort of energy crisis, uh, as it's been called, uh, Claudia. So, you know, you've seen with these record high gas prices, unprecedented power prices, you know, industry is str struggling, some, some suppliers also. What's your view here? Do you think, uh, you know, we've seen some calls for, for market intervention to, to help industry or to help energy suppliers? What, what do you think, Claudia? Should there be some role for government? Should, should they provide some support? Well, I mean, the best answer to this fossil energy crisis is the energy transition towards more renewables, domestic renewables, which uh, really avoids uh, this and energy saving as well. So that, that is the, the really what we need to do is a transformation towards more energy efficiency, energy saving and renewables. There will be a support uh, for sure uh, for the transformation, also for the steel industry, because they need to invest into Green hydrogen as well, that needs to be done and also into energy efficiency. Um, to help them here, there will be a, certainly a program. We also recommend it in order to provide also financial help to low-income households uh, to use the money coming from the CO2 pricing system to spend it back uh, also per capita to to all the people in Germany that would also, especially there, uh, would also benefit uh, the low-income households. And uh, that's uh, one thing. And the other one is really to do everything we could do in order to speed up the energy transition. That needs to be uh, the, the best answer and uh, see how long this will take. I mean, the energy crisis is coming from different driving factors, uh, but uh, we will see how long this will, uh, this will take. And uh, hopefully uh, we, are, we are speeding up the energy transition much faster than we did in the past. Claudia Kempfer, thank you very much indeed for being a guest on the Montel Weekly Podcast. I think your message is loud and clear. Build back greener and do it much faster. So thank you, Claudia. Thank you for having me. So listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message, any suggestions, questions, or you know, let us know if you, if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.